0: there it's Katie Tupin here and you're listening to or watching Tupin Talks the podcast in which I Katie Tupin talk about whatever I want to talk about to whoever I want to talk about it to and this week I am talking to Joe DeFino of Hope Rocks as well as Lily Hyatt and this episode is all about sobriety and I'm so excited how do you know someone's sober they're going to tell you about it <laughs> and that's the reason I think the reason I think people that are sober like to talk about being sober is because it feels like you just discovered this life hack of how to be happy and like remember all the the preconceived notions you had about being sober when you weren't sober and you're like oh I was so wrong and so like you just want to share it with everybody and whatever this is my podcast and I can talk about whatever I want to talk about so that's what we're doing First of all, I want to thank our sponsors, Hope Rocks, for making these episodes possible, as well as Bourbon Barrel Foods. And yes, the irony is not lost on me there, but... Bourbon Barrel Foods has lots of products that I can enjoy uh, being sober because they get their flavor in other ways, like slow cooking over the bourbon barrel staves that give it that smoky bourbon flavor without actually having alcohol in it, which is really great for me um, because it is important to me that I get to enjoy my Kentucky heritage and the culinary, the culinary roots of my Kentucky heritage, uh, and I can do so. Through these awesome delicious products like this okay I'll, I'll just i'll stop i'm going on a rant because i really just i enjoy their products okay thank you bourbon barrel foods you can also get 10% off if you use the code tupin10 at bourbonbarrelfoods.com on your order so check it out check it out nothing to lose there okay First up, we got Joe DeFino of Hope Rocks. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you comment and share on Facebook, you're entered into drawings to win all kinds of free stuff from me and our sponsors. And if you're listening to this podcast, maybe driving in your car, you still have time to go back to Facebook and share and comment on these episodes. These episodes are also available on YouTube. Be sure to give it a like, give it a subscribe. If you're, you know, a share, a review, all that stuff helps these podcasts. And um, yeah. All right. Here we go. Let's chat with Joe. As a Kentuckian, I am so excited that I discovered Bourbon Barrel Foods. I discovered Bourbon Barrel Foods at a cooking class that I took where they showed us this Bourbon Barrel smoked paprika and it has since become a staple in my cooking. I sprinkle it on my eggs, I cover my chicken dishes in it, everything I cook seems to incorporate this paprika. So I got curious about Bourbon Barrel Foods and I found out that this Kentucky-based company has everything from sweet to savory sauces, jams, jellies, seasonings, syrups, cocktail cherries, and their signature micro-brewed soy sauce. And while I'm sober, so many of their products don't actually contain bourbon. Some do, but many get their flavor from slow smoking with the bourbon barrel stays. Bourbon barrel food products are absolutely delicious and represent the culinary traditions of Kentucky that I am so proud to be a part of and the heritage of bourbon country bourbonbarrelfoods.com offers free shipping on orders $75 and over. And if you use the code TUPIN10, you get an additional 10% off. Enter code toupin I N ONE ZERO at checkout on bourbonbarrelfoods.com. I am here with Joe DeFino. Thank you, Joe, for joining me.
1: Oh my goodness. Thank you for having us. And thank you for being a Hope Rock supporter. Being a hope dealer.
0: Well, thank you for supporting the podcast. I mean, it's just like so um, synchronous this relationship. I'm so I'm so honored that you guys decided to sponsor Tupin Talks uh, because I love what you're doing. But why don't we give everybody a little backstory? What is Hope Rocks? How did it start?
1: Well, I'm I'm supposed to be brief and this is gonna to be tough, but Hope Rocks is an organization organization, grassroots parents, uh, community members, teachers, experts in the field of addiction recovery, mental health. Um, Our our role, our mission is to enlighten, to educate, to empower, and to engage a response to this epidemic of despair that we see gripping our nation and the world at the hands of depression and addiction and all of these things that that don't allow us to see who we really are meant to be and the power of hope. Um, it started actually in 2016. I'm a teacher. I've been teaching. It's my 31st year of teaching. Wow! And uh, yeah, crazy, huh? Congratulations! Think- <laughs> That's an
0: accomplishment. There.
1: It's actually uh, you know a great blessing. But anyway, I was noticing a number of my students, um, former students, and and uh, their family members, um, really struggling with these issues, and I found myself going to more and more funerals and memorial services. And I said, you know, this isn't what I got into teaching for. You know, I I I believe in in the potential of tomorrow rather than in the the idea that there's no place for me and and. Uh, What's the sense? How can I go on? So Hope Rocks was started out of that idea and has, has grown exponentially since then. And thanks to people like you who see the value of what we're doing and are willing to to help us out in some of our events and 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 do concerts and speak in our behalf, we have we have grown to a national movement. So this is fantastic.
0: Well, so one, one of the things that you asked me to do was go play a private performance up in Woodstock. And, uh, we talked, you know, I, I just spoke a little bit about my experience and it was sort of a private group of people who had all in some way, shape or form, either, either lost someone to suicide or right. was recovered, um, from an addiction or had a family member that had, uh, struggled with addiction. It was such a really real, it was a really cool event that you put on and you're doing these kind of things quite often.
1: Yes, yes, we do. We do an event or two probably every month, and they are designed to reach different demographics. You know, obviously, education is the key, but, you know, sometimes you have to reach people while they are in the struggle. After the struggle, you have to support, you have to encourage, you have to realize that what they've gone through is extremely valuable to others and can be used um, to help others, and so we 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 try to we try to set up these activities, events, and programs to meet a number of different demographics and and to achieve a number of different goals, but all of which deal with the idea of the power of hope.
0: Well, I think that's so interesting that you're doing it through these events. You know, it's like there's music and it and it draws this certain group of people. And through, the, through music or through these events, you know, people find community and they, they can find hope that way.
1: Absolutely. I don't find anything more healing than music. And uh, it, it is the one thing throughout um, our lives that we can come back to and we can find some sort of healing as we sit and we listen to a favorite artist or the, the feelings that are engendered when we hear our favorite song or a favorite song or, or, or a song that has meaning it 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 has so much power and so to bring the two together i think is critical
0: yeah well i mean I, I think for myself too just the element of community is is very healing and you know combining the two is kind of like like the best the best cocktail you could get i agree, I agree. <laughs> you know but um because because knowing that you're not alone in what you've gone through can be the most healing thing or what you're feeling or what you're experiencing or what you have experienced, or if you've watched a loved one experience, just knowing that there's other people that, that relate to this,
1: you and know, Katie, you, you hit on the point, you know, oftentimes we think we're alone. We think we're the only one that, that, that has experienced this. And, you know, in your most recent podcast, which are incredible, you talked about the five things that you wish you had known when you were younger. And one of them was about being yourself. And that is the hardest thing for a young person, especially mm-hmm. today. You know, we're, we're told how to be where we have social media. We have all kinds of images and, and messages telling us how we should be. And we get lost and we don't find who we are meant to be. So, mm-hmm. you know, what you're doing and and taking that courageous step to talk about your life and your your journey know whether it's through sobriety or through music through through your perseverance as an artist that's critical that's critical stuff because we need to break down those barriers and like you said we are community we are in this together and we have much more in common than we do that separates us
0: absolutely absolutely i think i think everything in The world today is telling us how different we all are, how divided we all are, how and then people feel more and more isolated. And especially over the last couple of years, I think, um, you know, depression, suicide, relapse, these things increase exponentially. The statistics are just startling, you're,
1: you're and, absolutely right.
0: And so now that you know, the world's opened up a little bit, but we're still stuck in these patterns. I mean, I know people from the pandemic i think people will some people just never be the same you know after the last couple of years and it's extremely toxic and so remembering that there is community and there are resources for people that's that's an amazing gift that you're giving people
1: absolutely for sure
0: so how can people be involved how can they help
1: well the best way to be involved is is to you know people are struggling. The best way to be involved is share your smile with whoever it is that you, you even when you don't feel like smiling, that smile could be the one thing mm-hmm. that, that saves a life. And as trite as that sounds, mm-hmm. you know, I hear time and time again from people who have been um, have chosen not to take their life because they were waiting. They were literally looking for nobody to pay attention to them so that they could go on and say, you know, see, I'm worthwhile, but that smile is mm. so extraordinary and it, and it costs nothing and it has so much power, even mm. when we don't feel like smiling. So that's number one, I mean, and that's simple. Number two, if you, wanna, if you wanna get involved in Hope Rocks or check out what we're doing, visit us on Instagram, visit us on, on Facebook, probably those are the most two up-to-date uh, platforms, Hope Rocks events, um, obviously, you can donate to our causes and 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 uh, our events and so forth. But just check us out first. Take a look at what we're all about, and and uh, you know, see if you want us to come to your town because we got a lot of things going on. And I got to tell you, Katie, one of my dreams, and I have many many dreams, is to do a show in Nashville with you, with our our Hope Rocks advisors and 2015 Grammy winner Mike Farris. And 2019, Saugerties own because we're we're based out of Saugerties, New York, Ian Flanagan, who was a finalist on The Voice, who's presently with uh, Blake Shelton. He does a lot of touring with Blake. He's he's a growing singer-songwriter. But I'd love to do a Hope Festival in Nashville or in the Nashville area with with our three primary Hope Dealers. And, uh, don't be surprised if you see that happens. I would love later. for
0: that to happen. And you know, you don't know this, but the, the guest on this week's episode is Lily Hyatt. And wow. we talk a lot about being sober and, um, you know, she has 10 years of sobriety too. So she, she lives in Nashville. So maybe she should be on the show too. I
1: I'm, I'm all in, and we're ready <laughs> to make that, that travel, make that trip down or wherever we need to go to deal hope, to, to meet with people, meet where they're at, because like, like you say so perfectly, we are connected. We're all in this together. Community matters.,
0: mm-hmm. oh, and I love what you just said, though, about um, smiling at people. Yeah. You know, treating people like they have a sign on their neck that says, "Make me feel important." If you treat people like that, it 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 plants seeds and it grows things that you just aren't even aware of. It has an impact that's so greater than that moment. Um so, and it's such a simple thing to do is just simple. to acknowledge people and treat people like you want to
1: be treated right absolutely
0: Yo, thank you so much for joining me you are wonderful and i love your t-shirt thanks for rocking the kt (laughs) t-shirt oh my gosh i should have worn my hope rocks t-shirt what was i thinking (laughs) you know i wear that t-shirt all the time and i um, am and i got it in the size that me and my boyfriend can both share it and it's very soft so we like fight over it (laughs) (laughs) but i'll have to have you back on soon thank you i would love it
1: you keep doing the great work and i can't wait to see you again Thank Thank you. you. Thank you,
0: Joe. All right. I am so excited because I'm here with Lily Hyatt. Lily, thank you so much for joining me.
2: Thank you for having me, Katie. Good to see you again.
0: It's so good to see you again. It's been a minute. Are you at home in Nashville right now?
2: Yes, I am. I'm sitting at home, hanging out. (laughs) It's a nice day. (laughs)
0: Have you been, have you been playing a lot of shows this year?
2: uh i've been playing some this year it's been cool have you been playing shows you've been doing not not really i haven't really been doing shows honestly no
0: yeah i I, uh i'm kind of in between albums you know is that is that yeah you have but you have an album that that came out at the very end of last year right or was it towards the end of last year Uh, uh lately right yeah yes what's what was the inspiration behind that album because you know we were when we were talking last you were recording it you were in the middle of the process um so what was that what was that process like
2: um well it was cool i did it with my friend kate and i just had a lot of friends be a part of it and it was a chill time uh making a record with her and yeah it was cool i just I needed to do something with myself during that downtime. And honestly, like the only thing I really do is music. I mean, I like other stuff, but that's what I, that's like my only, that's like my thing I do. So I was like, I guess I should make something now. So I know, I know a lot of musicians, that's their thing, but I'm not, I'm not a hobby person, you know, like I wish I was. Yeah. I wish I was.
0: If you were to pick a hobby right now, what hobby? What hobby would you choose?
2: I think it'd be cool to learn how to make clothes. Cause I don't yeah. get really into that. Maybe I'll tr- one day when I have more room, get a sewing machine. You you I feel like you have a lot of cool hobbies, don't you? I don't know. I
0: think I'm just a workaholic. <laughs> I think that's what that's. You're always what doing stuff.
2: It's yeah. Cool.
0: I'm, I'm doing a lot of things. But I did, do you know how to sew?
2: No, I don't. I don't. Okay. I like, well, way. it's, it's easy.
0: I mean, my, so over the pandemic, my mom, my mom was a home economics teacher and she taught me how to sew amazingly. She had never taught me. And so we were making masks, oh, cool. you know, when there was the big mask shortage. So we made like hundreds yeah. and hundreds of masks. I mean, I don't know if I can actually, sew. I can sew a mask. That's what I can.
2: sew. that's amazing. That's really cool. You all did that. And it's a good, it's a. Uh... For a good reason too. So, what a neat thing to do with your mom! I feel like and you would a cool way to learn. Co-
0: uh, yeah, I would feel like you would design some cool, some cool clothes though.
2: Thanks. Same. <laughs> It'd be fun. It'd be fun just to make your own clothes and be like, "I made this." You know, yeah. nobody else has this because yeah, it was made in my house. You
0: know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's so cool. Um. So, I mean. So you you know you you say you don't have any hobbies, but you you know you grew up in music and I mean what was that like? What was it like kind of growing up kind of surrounded by music? That's not an experience that I share with you.
2: Um, well, it was cool. I loved it and I loved you know having musicians around. It felt good, felt like those felt like kindred souls to me. So definitely a colorful life. And, you know, it was just cool to have, yeah, just people come over with their guitars and stuff. That was all, that was your
0: childhood, you know, was just people jamming all the time?
2: Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of that or just, you know, sometimes I'd go to the studio with my dad or sometimes I'd, uh, like, we'd go on the bus with him or whatever and, yeah, we'd go play in his studio. I'd go play with his stuff in there. And it was yeah. fun. It was, it was neat. So
0: yeah. At what point did you start making music as Lily Hyatt for yourself?
2: Well, I had a band in college and then. Oh, 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 I'm so- <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, that the fun phone, if you're everything. listening to this podcast,
0: <laughs> the phone fell down. <laughs>
2: Fell. Sorry guys, my guitar shifted and the phone fell. Gosh, the, ca- the, the phone sp- is,
0: is propped against the guitar right now. That's yes, like pretty, on, top of
2: a, on, on top of a candle. And it which is all on top of an amp. So um <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, 22 or 20 so my first band and I uh I think I started making stuff under my name when I was like twenty three. Maybe. And you were in a band so, before that? Yeah, I was in a band before that. We had a lot of fun. And then I was like, I wanna just use my name now. So how about when did you start making music under your name? Um uh, under my under name, her. just
0: five five years yeah. ago. Um it was just Houndmouth before that. And then I didn't really I had a like me and Matt from Houndmouth played together before that. So it was, you know, it's relatively new to make music under my own that's name. That's
2: cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love
0: that. Yeah. But, you know, so I really wanted you to come on this podcast because this episode is all about sobriety and I know that you're sober. How long have you been sober?
2: Uh, let's see, 10 years, a little over 10 years.
0: That's awesome. That's so, awesome.
2: Hey, So, yeah, I'm coming up
0: on five years. So that's very inspiring. I was about to ask. Yeah.
2: Five, that's a big deal. Yeah.
0: It's a big deal to it, get, honestly,
2: the, oh, go ahead.
0: No, tell me.
2: I was thinking about it the other day, I was like, that first bit, like getting through the time where you're just like trying to quit and believe in yourself is really hard. Yeah. And good for you for sticking with that. Yeah. <laughs> Cause to me the first like three months are like the hardest. So mm. or for me they were.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. What 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 led to that decision for you?
2: just making stupid choices and feeling sad and just kind of knowing that it was time to change my life. And if I wanted to be able to live the way that I wanted to, which was just like, as a person in the world that didn't, you know, hate themselves <laughs> like, wasn't bogged down by doubt all the time. And just, I felt very like disconnected, um, Right before i quit drinking and i didn't want to feel that way and i, I can- and i yeah go ahead and you what no i didn't mean to cut you off i did so- some stupid stuff where luckily i never got in trouble but like legally but i was like if i don't stop this will lead to some big trouble here and that scared me so i you know that was inspiration for sure i i felt scared by my some of my actions you know mm. so-
0: yeah what i did you did you have a lot of sober did you have a lot of sober friends at that time
2: i didn't have any sober friends but my dad uh you know is sober and my mom and uh my brother helped me out a lot during that time so i had a good support system within my family yeah yeah i was i was lucky for that so yeah
0: yeah. Not everybody has that, you know, I, I, I didn't really no. share with my family at all, like what I was going through. I was really like, sort of, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't want to let them down or something at that time. And, and but yeah. I had, you know, but I, you know, I, I had, I went to meetings and I did that kind of thing. And that, that's what got me through it because I agree the first three months were really hard. What well, do you, what do you remember about the, yeah. those first three months?
2: just feeling like I didn't know how to, um, I try, I had gone three months, two times before the the last time. And then I like would drink for a weekend or something and it would be horrible. Cause I just knew that I was letting myself down in mm. the last drinking time. I was just like, I can't do this anymore. So, but I do the first three months were really lonely because most of my friends were really into partying at that time, you know, and like yeah. suddenly I, I had some really great friends that of course stuck by me, but I stopped getting a lot of phone calls from people, you know, cause they're like, oh, you yeah. they don't drink anymore. How about you? Like, what, did you, was what inspired thing. you? And like, what- it
0: was this sort of same thing. You know, it was just like my, I realized my dreams weren't going to come true if I kept doing the, what I was doing. It was becoming yeah. more of a priority than the things that I than I, really wanted to be the priority. And I also, yeah. um, I felt like when I was sober or when I wasn't drinking or when I wasn't whatever, partying, I was a person of really high integrity. And then right when that started, all of that went away and I didn't trust myself. And I thought that was the yeah. thing I couldn't live with. That was the thing that just, demolished my my self esteem you know it's it's yeah. a horrible place to be you know yeah. but i but i'm I i'm it. kind of grateful that i have gone through it all and come like come out the other side you know i feel so much wiser for having had those experiences even though i kind of wish i hadn't but you think
2: it's you know no totally
0: you get it you get it yeah so, you like, got to go through it you got to go through I'm it through you got to walk yeah. But I, I think, I think one of the things people ask me all the time, they're like, well, how did you, how did you, cause you were in, were in bars all the time. We're constantly around people drinking. Um, what was that like for you? Did you just kind of isolate at first or how did you deal with that?
2: Uh, I did really isolate, but luckily I worked at whole foods and that was really fun. And I had a lot of friends there and that kind of became like the core of my socializing for a bit. Cause I didn't know how to go out and not drink. Although I was still going to shows. I never really like removed myself completely from, but I did keep like a pretty kind of controlled atmosphere for myself for a while. Like I'd go to work and go home and that's about it. And watch a lot of Netflix and stuff or like, you know, <laughs> And yeah. I did go to AA and started doing that stuff too. That helped me a lot. So, yeah. um, so I was dedicated to that as well. Yeah. yeah.
0: You have so much more time, right? I think that was the thing that sort yes. of shocked me and it was, and, and there was, and then, you know, it, the drinking becomes such a non-issue and then you're actually just having to realize what the issue is which is all these other things and that i think that's what people don't necessarily understand about sobriety is it's not really it becomes not much about not drinking it becomes a lot more about like learning about yourself and self-betterment and development and all of that at what point in your sobriety journey did did that did that become apparent
2: uh maybe like I mean, I feel like it's always getting there. I feel like with every new situation I'm introduced to that my issues or, you know, if I guess an AA puts it character defects or whatever. Yeah. There's a, there's a, siren. There's a
0: little. Yeah. Uh, character defects are
2: <laughs>
0: making this sound.
2: Yeah. And they're coming by. Uh, they're coming. By. I feel like they're. Yeah. Or they're, they're coming out. Um, it was like a sign. That was a weird sign. Yeah. I'm like, uh, uh, I feel like I'm always being like confronted with those things where I'm like, oh yeah, this is like a party that still hasn't like grown or something because mm. you need to work on it. And there's a lot of history that, uh, you know, with, I don't know. It's like a never blooming process, but I did, yeah. I guess, I guess do it once I started doing. That step of the character defects in AA which was maybe like four months in or something, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I had a sponsor that really helped me kind of like and I still think of those things that I learned about that a lot. I'm like, oh, that's one of your kind of things like had it for mm-hmm. a while it's one of your go-to's yeah so,
0: yeah how do you and feel you about don't that stuff? You, I agree I just feel like there's all these things that I didn't know, and I feel like I feel like when I started drinking is when I started, stopped growing as a person and then I stopped drinking. And then it was like, I was that age again, which was very young, you know, like too young. And so I feel like there's many things emotionally that I'm still, I'm only five years old in some ways, you know, of like trying to sort out emotional things. Like uh, I remember, you know, my first breakup, sober like that was a whole thing i'd never broken up with somebody where i didn't go out and drink afterwards you know or didn't go party until i forgot about it you know that was very hard it's very hard i mean those firsts there's all these firsts and i'm still i'm still dealing with firsts
2: are you yeah oh totally all the time you said five years old i'm like
0: You start drinking at five? No, no, no. So I mean, like, I guess five years. (laughs) So no,
2: it wasn't that bad. I I had a really. (laughs)
1: girl.
0: No, I had. I and I think so. Like, I had a really wholesome upbringing too. Uh, So that's that's the funny part. Is like I think this this this. You know, everybody has a different background and and stuff. Yeah, Sober and it gets to this place or gets to this decision and and I can't think of something from my childhood that traumatized me into this person. I, I truly feel like I was born sort of with this, um, with this tendency. Do you
2: feel that? Well, that's really interesting. Cause mine, I feel like stems directly. Well, I, you know, I definitely have some things that happened to me early on in life, uh, that just defined kind of a lot for me, I think. And, uh, so, you know, and I've had a good upbringing, but, uh, but I do think that mine, uh, I've never known, you know, I I definitely think that it's symptomatic of just a coping mechanism to, that I learned to deal with things via that. So, uh, but you know, I mean, I also think that it definitely, it's just part of who i am you know what i mean so yeah yeah it's just kind of my nature yeah know, it's hard to it's to hard to really know it's hard to yeah. really know but
0: i do feel i feel i feel that i'm a person that has always just been very intense about stuff you know it's like what we were saying yeah. before we jumped on this it's like you know I, i've seen busy all the time because i am busy all the time because i don't because I'm probably a workaholic, I'm probably going too far in another direction right now. But I've always kind yeah. of done that, and it kind of always butts its head up out, out in like different ways, you know. I don't know if yeah. that's been a thing for you, but but it that's that's yeah. what I really focus on now is like keeping a handle on knowing okay, I have this tendency. I don't necessarily say it's a bad thing all the time. I get a lot done, like I you know, and 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 um, and it can be really inspiring. I think as an artist to 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 be this way, but, um, yeah. but I kind of have to keep grips on it a little bit cause it can yeah. go too far.
2: Oh yeah. No, that's a good thing to know about yourself
0: and yeah, you know, well, you were saying, you're saying to- your, your cope, sorry, I'm going to cut you
2: off. No girl, go ahead, go ahead. I was just like wondering, cause headed. you said
0: your coat, your coping mechanisms. You said that, you know, I did these things to cope. I mean, what, what, what specifically, you know, are those things that that you've kind of realized, Oh, I do that or do this.
2: Well, I just have a very sensitive, uh, disposition. And I think with that, uh, sometimes it's actually something I'm still learning is like a lot of times if I just let the feeling kind of flow through, it'll will change and that's why drinking sucked because I would just kind of stay in it and never let it. I would never let myself feel it the whole way through. So mm-hmm. I couldn't ever get through the things and I still have yeah. a tendency to want to do that, like numb things and not because they're just like you, it's like I'm intense too. And when it's happening, it's very overwhelming. And, uh, cause it's just, it just is, I don't know. And I think also like just treat, but it's, it's like, it's life and, I'm learning to deal with it. You know, it's just, yeah, sometimes things trigger other things within me that, uh, it doesn't make a ton of sense and it can feel like a lot when it's happening. And, uh, Mm -hmm. but the ticket is to just let it happen and then you're on the other side, you know? Yeah. So
0: I think that's, I think that's the hardest thing is the, like the moment of pausing before reacting, I still struggle yes. with that, you know, to so just give yourself so that hard. moment.
2: So hard. Yes, <laughs> it is. And I'm really, I, I feel so such a victory when I don't react in those moments and get through them, <laughs> I'm like blown away with what's revealed to me later. I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't say that. Or I'm so glad I didn't, you know, re- react in that way to, to whatever. Yeah. Cause it's. feel like my anxiety will make me blind sometimes you know Mm -hmm. and i'm like i'm sure that this is what's going Mm -hmm. down and i'll be sure of it like i'll be like i know uh in regards to whatever i'll just if i'm in an anxious space my perception is distorted and Mm -hmm. yeah i just gotta get through it yeah
0: yeah no they they um I, I, I'll, be able, I'll jump to conclusions, I'll make assumptions, and the story makes total sense to me. Like, I, I, yeah. I know exactly what's happening. <laughs> Everybody is like like plotting against me and I've figured it out. Yes. <laughs> you know? no, but like, it's it's it's, And then it's never what's happening and I've just, I'm, I, I always regret reacting. And, um, and sometimes the pause, like I think some people, like you think the pause might be 10 or 15 minutes, but sometimes it's a few days of like pausing. You know, and that's, that's what's a good really point. hard. It's really Yes. Hard.
2: Sometimes it is really hard. It's, yes. Especially with the people that love you most around you. You're just like, oh, I don't want to like,
1: mm-hmm. I,
2: but you know, sometimes you have to learn how to take that space for yourself internally to be like, I'm going to get through this in my within and then yeah, I can figure out where to go from there.
0: Yeah you you've mentioned having anxiety or feeling anxiety i think that's pretty common um thing you know it's right i i think you know i i very soon after i got sober i realized that every day i wake up with this layer of anxious energy and that needs to go that needs to go somewhere and when i first got sober i got really really into fitness because i needed to like physically i think burn it off you know so yeah. i could just chill but um i, I feel, i'm i finding that I, I don't have to do it that intensely anymore and i'm getting like a better handle on it and like doing meditation i think really helps i'm not great at doing that all the time or doing yoga or doing something like that has really helped me did you did you yeah. find other coping mechanisms like that
2: yes definitely like exercise is a big deal um just like simple walks could do a lot for me. That's like a meditative place for me. I'm just, I always Zen out if I go on a walk outside and that's why I like the warmer months, but yeah. yeah. Uh, doing that, you know, playing music helps, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, being physically active feels really good for sure. Yeah. Yoga's, you... I like yoga. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anything that just like brings you back to the present moment and like out away from those just manic thoughts that can happen, I think is good. Anything. And I think music yes. can do that for sure. Like playing or writing or being with people, even being social can do that. Sometimes I, yeah. you know, I think that can be really helpful to coping mechanism, but, but definitely that's the, Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So if you, so if you were to, to tell your younger self something and advise your younger self something. Do you know what that piece of advice would be? I love this question, actually.
2: This is kind of, I would tell myself to not ever worry about my weight and stuff. Cause I spent a lot of time really fixated on my body image. And I look back and I'm like, You were having a blast. You were young and happy and, oh, not always happy, but there's just nothing to worry. Like you, you it's so funny the way I worried then versus the way I worry now. They're really different. How? Um, But, well, then I just spend a lot of time feeling like, oh, I'm not doing enough. I got to get to this place. And now I guess I still feel that way <laughs> but more now. I just, I worry about just keeping things, uh, healthy and not going down dark paths within, you know, cause it's easy to do that. And the world is, you know, tough. so, um, yeah, I miss being naive kind of sometimes, I, I, but, uh, yeah, but yeah. I just yeah. tell myself to not hate the way I look so much, you know, like it's a waste yeah. of time. And you look, you look oh back, God. you're like, you were, you were doing your thing, you know, like, yeah. it's okay. Like, it's all good. Yeah. So wh- I what still, would you tell
0: you? Oh, that's a really good one. I can still be really hypercritical of, of myself, you know, and that's something that yeah. I think that, I think that's something that I might have to work, work through for a long time. And I don't, yeah. and, and, and I don't, I don't know why, like even really, but, um, yeah. <laughs> which it's I so know, fascinating. It like, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: I understand. Oh gosh.
0: The, my younger self, yeah. I think I would just I, along the same lines uh, is that you're enough and, yeah. and your voice matters. Um, because I think for a long time I felt. Um, as though I was a burden to people, like my existence was a burden to people or like, you know, I, I had this really negative, um, self-talk and, and it was due to some external things too, you know, and reinforcing that. But I think, um, if I had known that, like really known that, um, I wouldn't have been in those situations to, to start with, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. I do. It does make sense. Yes. Do you one question
0: I think people ask, or they have expressed to me of their worry of getting sober is if people that are artists are like, well, maybe I won't be able to create the thing that I created or, you know, I won't be creative anymore. Was that ever a thing for you? Uh,
1: you know,
2: I, for a minute, I was like, oh, like can I still write? But then it came along and, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't worry about that for too long. Cause I was like, I'm sure I'll cause enough drama and other ways that I'll have shit to write about. So <laughs> 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 like, you know, like, how about <laughs> you? <laughs> um,
0: I don't know. I mean, that was a really good answer though. I like that. Um, because that's probably right. true, right? Like, well, they, they, I've heard that they, if you. You know anybody that's 18 has had enough life experience to write for the rest of their life you know so there's a there's yeah i love that but i that's think cool. yeah um, you got plenty. You got plenty and um but i think i think a lot of people use drinking or substance to get into a creative space to actually create uh, that was never yeah. really that was never really how i created to begin with was like by getting yeah. you know high or drunk or something i never really did yes yeah. But you know, did, did, was that part of your process before you got sober?
2: Uh, not really too much. I guess, yeah. like you said, yeah, it wasn't really the thing, you know, some yeah. of the experiences that were created by that were definitely a lot of those were in the songs, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I you still like, got but... Yeah exactly. I'm like, life is still, is more vivid than ever. So yeah, yeah, it it really is. Yeah, it got like more bountiful once I quit. So I was like, because you're you're more like, I was way more aware and kind of expanded what could be uh, talked about for me or sung about,
0: you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it also the more confident you get, the more open you get, you know, and are able to write about these different things that maybe before I was, you know, embarrassed to write about or too self-conscious to write about. It's like, now I kind of feel, I feel like such an open book, which is such a freeing, yeah. freeing place to be, you know?
2: Yeah. Do you feel that? Definitely. Yes. For the most part, uh, some uh, it, in a way, but also after 2020 and all that, like, um, I've been, there's like a guarded thing that kind of happens that I'm working on opening back up, I guess, you know, cause it just got so weird and yeah. got so weird and it was so hard. And I feel like, um, uh, in terms of like the way I've like relate on social media, the things now has really changed. I'm like, uh, and the, what I want to share via that has really changed. That's fair. But that's yeah. a whole. That's a whole different side of things. That's like a In life yes. Podcast. I'm an open Yeah. <laughs> That's right? the next I know, podcast like, we're gonna do. I know, I'm like if you want to talk about that, but no, I do I do feel pretty open. Like when I meet people and I like to talk about just re- real stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. with them. So if you like, were to say let's like go the there. Thing,
0: what are some of the things that you gained by being sober? What are your what are the biggest things that you gained by being sober?
2: well i think that i started to love myself enough to love other people truly and uh you know confidence came with that um i still struggle with all that stuff I guess most people do. We're just people. It's not like it's hard to walk around and be like, I feel great about myself all the time. That would be weird to me. And yeah, I probably I just, wouldn't get a little time. Yeah, it would be weird. <laughs> but but that was a big one. Just like the confident the confidence came with that. It's like I know if I'm willing to take a step to stop doing something that I loved so much and that I put before so much. Mm. If I can stop if I can do that, then I can probably maybe do anything I want, you know, and I don't mean yeah. that in a cocky way, just more like the, when you learn the boundaries of your willpower and stuff. Uh, although, I know, you know, or, 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 Oh, you know what, you know, what I gained even more is a spiritual, spiritual connection that came from, uh, yeah. you know, hanging up the booze and stuff it was a big deal. So, Yeah, and I value that a lot. How about how about you?
0: No, I agree. I mean, like with everything you said, uh, the the spiritual connection I think is enormous. I think my world before was really hollow and empty, and it's no wonder that I did all that. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> um, without that, what else? What you know? It's I, I don't know what else I would fill it with now. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just a space yeah. that that I think it's just. It's how I feel like ultimately I was able to heal and I'm continuing to heal, but i think I think something actually that I've learned even in the last year and is that having self respect is more important than being liked, and I think yes. that was huge. I think that was a really big breakthrough I've had in the last year and I have to thank like my boyfriend for helping me with that, you know and yeah and realizing that I let a lot of things slide and I let a lot of people say things to me that maybe they shouldn't and and realizing that that I have a say and in yeah. all that, you know yeah I don't know I just laced, a, I and I'm still I'm still processing that one but that I think has been really big for me yeah
2: that's a big deal it's a game changer
0: right right it's been i mean it's so good i mean i i'm so happy i i can't ever imagine going back at this point do you do you feel that way which i know is like a dangerous thing to like feel but like they say it's you know (laughs) you can't really feel like that because it could happen but it's i feel so
2: far away from it at this point do you feel that way i am i do feel far away from it i have had some moments where i've been like i could understand that have been enlightening in terms of how close it is. Cause I'm just like, and nothing like terrible happening to me or anything, but just realizing that if I, I need to make sure I never get so low to a, a for me to want to drink again, I'd have to just want to completely self sabotage. That's, that would be what would take me back there. So, just got to make sure not to go into that space hardcore, you know, because it is natural for me to go to that space and I have to like manage that all the time. I'm like, don't do that. You know, even down to like the reacting stuff where it's like, don't like, it's like my brain is like wired to be like, I know let's ruin, let's try to ruin you. And I'm (laughs) like, no, no, we're, we we gotta be friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: No, I've but said I, that a lot. I've said know. that like I feel like there's always this part of me that wants to kill me, and like that's real and it's Sorry, dark. No, it's, it's not, but like no, it's, it's dark, true. but it's real. And yeah. knowing that that little piece is there somewhere lurking, even when I feel disconnected from it,
2: that's a thing. Yeah, just know yeah. it. You know it. You gotta keep it at bay. Yeah
0: yeah i mean i think i think um that's the thing though is is when i realized when i had the moment of realization that i was no longer driving the ship that the thing i thought i was in control of was actually controlling me when i had that shift of awareness that's when i was like oh i can't do this ever i can't do this anymore you know, it, cause I, I really was convinced that I had it under control. Cause I was a person that would take breaks. I, you know, I'd go for a month and do all this other stuff to kind of prove to myself yeah. that I was functional. And when I had the moment of, of shift, that's when I was like, oh, like never again, I couldn't, I can't do it. It's over for me. And, yeah. and then that's been, that's yeah. been true since I made that decision. But, um, I think. You know relapse happens all the time and it's really it's really important to be aware that it can it can happen
2: yeah well good for you though that's great did, and i know did you mean. have that moment yeah yeah i did where i was like i just don't do this anymore and i've been around so much booze since then it's not like it's like something yeah i accepted and i can't yeah. remember when that happened but it happened early ish where i was like okay you just don't do this anymore you know yeah yeah, it's not something you do.
0: Do you have sober yeah. pet peeves? I do. <laughs> like when when people like justify their drinking to me, it's like I don't care.
2: <laughs>
0: like that's my biggest pet I know peeve. I you mean.
2: I mean, my th- my main thing is like when people when I'm around drunk people, I'm like, eh, I gotta get out of here because the it just and I'm okay with that. Like I don't. It just the energy changes yeah and it's just like not fun when you're not drunk because it's it's you're just like oh, okay you already said that like three times or whatever and <laughs> i don't mean it like to be condescending because i know i know you're just feeling good and it's fun, you know, but I have no desire to be like around drunk hangs. And I would try for a while when I first got sober. And I was like, "Sucks," you know, it's just not any fun. If you're not drunk around being around drunk, to me, it's no, it's no fun, you know, a little, a little tipsy, whatever. But once it gets like into hammered, I'm like, I got to get out of here. So
0: yeah, yeah, that's the that's the funniest thing to me is when when, when people are in that place, and they're like, Oh, I'm, you know, like, they're afraid they're gonna tempt me at that point to into drink. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm right. like, dude, like, you're just reinforcing like everything. Yeah, you're doing. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, Lily, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. It really means a lot to me that you that you jumped on here. And um, do you have what do you have coming up? What do you have come up next?
2: I have, uh, some, you know, I have some shows. I got a show in Nashville, May 19th. I'm really excited about with my partner and, uh, it's going to be fun. And I, uh, yeah, I got some little speckled things through the summer. At, um, so that's where I'm at
1: and,
0: uh, fun?
2: uh, my, lilyhyatt.com or Instagram at lilyhyatt. Although I've two times I've deactivated my account, but I get back on always. (laughs) I'm like, how can I get out of here? But you you gotta be in there. So you do. Yeah. But uh, I wanted to say to you, it's meant a lot to me to have you because you are awesome. And during the pandemic, when I was so lonely and sad and talking to you really helped me. The times we talked on on Facebook Live and stuff. And it's cool wow. to see you again.
0: <laughs> it's so good to see you. Thank you. I appreciate that. That means a lot. Um well I, I'm a, a big me. I'm a big fan of you as a person and as an artist and it just it's awesome that you jumped on here and I'm gonna be following all the things that you're doing. And hopefully one of these days we'll play something together. We'll do something.
2: I know we gotta do that and likewise I'm a big fan of you. So thanks. I'm honored you asked me to do this.
0: Awesome. All right we'll talk soon okay.
2: Talk to you soon. Bye Katie.
0: Bye. This episode is brought to you by Hope Rocks. Hope Rocks is a grassroots organization dedicated to enlightening, educating, empowering, and engaging a community response to the epidemic of despair and death caused by addiction, depression, and social isolation. It is fast becoming recognized nationally for its unique and community-based approach for breaking down barriers and stigma associated with these issues. It's an organization whose mission is to help people see the light within so they can shine to the world. For more information, follow them on social platforms or check them out at hoperocksny.com.